We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. We're coming to you live from Regina, Cal- Canada. Excuse me. Uh, almost had a really clean delivery there. That that was awful. I, you know, I, I leave the funniness to Alex and Tyler for that very reason. Uh, but it's all good. Joining me as always, like I said, Alex and Tyler. Alex, we'll start with you, man. We got the Jalen Guyton bump. We spoke it into existence. He had a fantastic day today. Uh, and how are you doing, man? Yeah, I think I really uh, kicked the storm up in Jalen Guyton's system because, yeah, ever since he said it was a crude question when I asked about the drops, <laughs> he has, uh, what, four receptions for 90 yards, six receptions for 90 yards. I wasn't counting, but, uh, yeah, that the touchdown nearly had two touchdowns. So we uh, we had the Guyton game, and uh, I'm taking credit for it, in addition to Jalen's <laughs> fantastic work. As we should, as we should. You know, we got... Uh, Steven Anderson, you know, on before training camp, nobody really thought he had a, a significant chance of making the roster. He ended up doing that. We had Larry Rantry on before he scored his first touchdown. The next time he played, he scored his first touchdown. Now we have Jalen Guyton. So the, so the guilty as charged bump is real. Uh, now we just need to get like Jerry Tillery or Kenneth Murray on here and then we'll be good. I don't know if the bump's that powerful. Yeah, I don't think we're that powerful. Come on, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh tyler mr uh vagina over here how you doing today man <laughs> i'm doing very well the whole broadcast and everything the refs were absolutely <laughs> terrible today it was so rough to watch if we were a loss i would have probably turned my tv off but because they were winning i stuck with it and boy am i glad because we got regina college and apologies for the delay and chris harris getting an interception and it being called a touchdown which i wouldn't put it past harris to have an interception <laughs> into a touchdown like that um it was very entertaining to say the least. I'm very happy that they won. Obviously, we didn't expect it, and they did, so couldn't be happier. Yeah, absolutely. We we had a few things happen today that I can confidently say I've never seen. <laughs> I, I have truly never yeah. seen a wedding picture photo session happening during an NFL broadcast. That happened. I have never in my life heard an NFL referee apologize for being bad <laughs> at his job in the middle of the game. 
and then I've never seen an interception called for a touchdown at first glance, <laughs> and then it's called for an interception. Just a, a wild, wild day for uh, everybody involved. And we even got a Wayne Gretzky comparison by Charles Davis. Oh, jeez. I happen to like Charles Davis a lot, but that was that was rather weird. Yes, I like to think Justin Herbert is Jesus Christ, and you know, <laughs> like what are we, do? Wayne Gretzky? Give Bro a few more years, maybe Her- maybe Brady's Wayne Gretzky or something. I'm yeah. Bro. Yeah, absolutely. Just just very weird. Um, Alex got to watch the game on a bit of a delay. Was it a little odd uh, watching that game after you know? I think you started watching like right during the third quarter, right? Uh, I started watching when it was 24-16, uh, I think, around in the game. But I sort of knew what the score was at the end while I was watching most of the third and fourth quarters. So, uh, you know, it was less stressful than it was for you guys. I, I imagine I was <laughs> shitting much less when it was 24-22 for, for that particular reason. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a, a wild game nonetheless. Rich E, shout out to him. First uh, Super Chat of the day. Uh, we have... A bunch of stuff to cover, and before we get there, I uh, have to give a shout-out to TickPick, who is the official ticketing partner of the Guilty as Charged podcast. You can use the link, tickpick.com slash charge for a $10 discount uh, on your first purchase, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube. My University of Utah is going to the Rose Bowl. I use TickPick to buy tickets to that game. It's a big bowl season coming up, home stretch of the NFL season. Uh, and this is a great time to go and use that uh, $10 discount. So uh, happy to have that for sure. Um, all right, let's dive into the specifics of this game. Uh, obviously, the Chargers beat the Bengals 41-22. to Tyler, I want to start with you because you talked on Thursday about the defense and the defense needing to step up. And somebody besides Joey Bosa and Derwin James and Kaiser White needing to be great. We didn't even have Joey Bosa for very long. I think he played two the first two series. Uh, and we had a bunch of people step up today. So who uh, or what kind of stood out while you were watching the defense perform today? Yeah, first out, shout out to Chargers for understanding Joey Bosa's concussion history and how awful those have been for him. I know not every concussion is the same, but he's talked about the how hard it was for him, how he stayed in his room for you know weeks, basically. Yeah. And so even though he was cleared of a concussion, they understood the situation and their player. And look, the Chargers could have lost this game and been out of the AFC picture, playoff picture. But even in that moment, with everything kind of on the line this game, they decided to do the best thing they could for Joey Bosa, which was to have him sit. And they obviously won, so that's great. But, you know, the whole the game is more important than just this game. It's about his life, the rest of his life. And so, you know, risking him for another hit or symptoms got worse, not worth it. So kudos to the Chargers for making a very difficult right decision. But, yeah, like I said, I wanted someone to step up. And it was... It was a, an indiv- a couple of individual plays, but also a really solid game from Inmosu, the first two-sack game of his career. Um, Rumpf got his sack. Tillery made some plays. James Blitz. Fackrell had some hits. Nine different players as of right now had a pressure. James, Adderley, and Mosu Fackrell, I guess, each had two. Um, but Tranquil sack. James and Adderley have a split sack. Jones has a sack. Inmosu has two sacks. Rumpf has a sack. And Mixon had 2.8 yards per carry. And it felt like that. Like, it didn't feel like there were you know, a couple of big, like 30 yard runs or whatever. Like everyone felt like two yards, three yards, two yards, minus two, minus one, zero yards. He really had to fight and earn that. And the Chargers really did a good job. So, you know, overall, we can talk about the defensive line rotation. I think that was something very interesting, but I'm, I'm very happy with everyone stepping up in different ways. 
And again, a huge game from Nwosu because it wasn't just that he needed to have a good game opposite of Joey Bosa. He needed to have it in Bosa's absence, and he did. He stepped up in big moments. You know, right now he's only credited with two pressures. I think that's going to change quite a bit. Things just, you know, it's very fluid as we head into tomorrow when the official stats come out. Um, But a very big game from him without Joey Bosa, which we really needed to see. Yeah, I think we'll see Nwosu get up to six or seven. I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't at least six. Um, he was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, this was by far, uh, you know, the best game of his career. Uh, Daniel Hop, Daniel Hopper. <laughs> I'm reading an Anthony a comment from Anthony Hopper at the moment. Um, Daniel Popper tweeted out that this was his first multi-sack game of his career, and it's they needed every second of that performance by him. I thought he, uh, you know, we've been saying that he's been like rushing well, and he looks good on tape, and you know, his ESPN pass rush win rate numbers are really good but it just hasn't really been turning into production. And that strip sack fumble on Joe Burrow to start the game really set the tone for this defense. You know, we, we said on Thursday that the one window of opportunity for this team was if they could get after Joe Burrow. And it did, you know, they, they Brandon say threw some great blitzes at him, including a double safety blitz from Adderley and Derwin James, which was just awesome. I cannot wait to watch that. Um, but it was really Unwosu who really set the tone from the get-go and, and getting that strip sack on Joe Burrow and it really had a fantastic day. Uh, Chris Rumpf, too, getting his first sack of his career. Uh, and he played a lot more than I thought he did. So uh, edge rushers in particular, I thought, had a really fantastic day. Staley called up some really good blitzes, uh, and they heated up Joe Burrow. Yeah, um, I think they heated up Joe Burrow. We sort of talked about before the game that the best run defense for the Chargers was getting up two touchdowns and they get up 24 <laughs> points. So that is, in a sense, what shut Mixon out of the game uh, for large stretches. But the run defense also did play very well, especially in absence of Joey Bosa when we talk about the edge guys, but uh, also the interior. Um, Justin Jones, while he was in the game, fortunately gets injured. Uh, he played well. You had all Kaiser White and Drew Tranquil, I think, at that second level playing very well, too. Um, and then you have your interior defensive line guys that I thought did really good. Um, Christian Covington, kind of a sneaky good performance uh, because he is, combines with Derwin James on that two-point conversion stop, then sort of forces that fumble uh, on the uh, Tavon Campbell return, uh, or at least had an impact on that play. So for me, um, he did pretty well. And then you really had uh, everyone else play decent uh jerry tillery even a couple of good pressures um you know not too bad i think he had a qb hit too uh so to me this was uh when everyone really needed to step up uh i thought everyone kind of did uh, on the defensive line and it was uh, really impressive obviously the secondary i thought it was kind of so so this game but ultimately they got the turnovers they needed when they needed them the most uh and the defensive line played significantly better than we had seen them in the last couple of weeks Part of that is Cincinnati's O-line, but I do think you have to give them pressure, uh, give the Chargers credit here because the Chargers have played up, banged up O-lines before and haven't had as much much success nearly as they did today. Um, You can kind of look at the Dallas game as an example of that. So um, I I would just say that, yeah, no, I I thought the whole defense really balled out today. And we talked about Staley mixing up looks and (laughs) throwing them stuff like Adderley and uh, Derwin James safety blitzes. Like, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they need. And I think they need to get creative sort of due to a lack of talent at some parts of the defense, or at least a lack of depth. Um, And this was a really dig deep performance from everybody today. uh, Everyone who's on the field and everyone who is scheming off of it. Yeah, absolutely agree there. And, you know, they didn't have a choice. Like they had to rotate the defensive line today. 
Um, you know, Linval Joseph is not playing. Justin Jones goes out in the second quarter. Um, so they, they didn't have a choice. They had to play those players. They, you know, they had to give Gaziano and Fajoko more snaps. Uh, I think Arjun told us that Gaziano played 27 snaps, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I thought he looked pretty good. I'm excited to watch the tape to see how those two played. But if you would have told me heading into this game that we'd be watching the Chargers defense in the second half without Bosa, without Linval Joseph, without Justin Jones, I would have assumed that Joe Mixon would have had 120 easily. And so to hold him under 60, to hold him to 2.8 yards per carry on 19 attempts, like that is to me like the storyline of the day, uh, along with the defensive pressures, this defensive line as a whole just really stepped up. And like I said, can't wait to watch uh, the all 22 to see how Fajoko, Gaziano, uh, Covington looked great. I mean, I, I jokingly said like in the second quarter, like, hey, look, there's Jerry Tiller's one good rep of the day. And he had a few like he had a few really good plays. So mm-hmm. uh, this defensive group, along with Kaiser White, yes, golf clap for, for Jerry Tillery today. Um, you know, I, I thought Kaiser White played really well. I thought uh, Drew Tranquil played really well. The front seven as a whole um, really did their jobs. And to me, this was mm-hmm. the first time that we've seen the front seven you know, really kind of play cohesively. Pass rush was really clicking. Run defense mm-hmm. was playing well. Uh, so I think that really is kind of the story of the day for me. Yeah, because even with the say against the Vikings, where they did stop the run generally, they still had like was a seventeen missed tackles or whatever it was. Like it just right. wasn't perfect enough. And this game, they just the front seven really did an excellent job this game. And thankfully, you know, Murray was taking Rum's edge snaps again. Something we were concerned about. And he was taking them, but also Bosa goes out. Rumpf comes in. Rumpf shows out. So I really think they need to explore that moving forward, just like their interior defensive line rotation. Like get him on the field. Stop taking him off the field. I get it's one game, but you see flashes there, and there's just some energy, young blood, whatever you want to call it. You got to get him on the field more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a similar thing I'm, with the gonna, running backs, just... right? Like you, you need as a pass rusher, you need to get into that rhythm. And so, you know, Chris Rumpf, you know, getting three, four snaps here. It's like okay. Like, what is that really doing for him? And uh, he had that second quarterback hit on Burrow, which I think was uh, a stunt. But, you know, it's just really good to see him out there playing hard. I was surprised, frankly, that it wasn't Fackrell playing most of the snaps. But, Mm. you know, Ruff played really well. Yeah, I thought he played really well, provided some much-needed kind of energy on that edge, you know, particularly without Bosa there. Um, so uh, I thought he did really well. Three quarterback hits, one sack, uh, and five total tackles. So uh, overall in the day, I mean, if we're talking about him versus Murray and that kind of edge roll, like um, I'm going with Chris Rumpf. I know it's only one game, but the Bengals' tackles were generally speaking better this game, I would say, than their interior line, which gave them a lot of those problems. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly, I mean, Riley Reif and and and. Williams are generally better than the guys that they have on the interior, like I talked about in the preview episode. So um, I, I thought that really the the edges kind of balled out this game. I mean, Uchenna and Wosu was just huge. <laughs> like uh, that's easily the best game of his career. Uh, I he was just coming out with his hair on fire every play uh, and just kind of having his way uh, over there. So um, yeah, no, I thought it was really impressive. I think the kind of rotations and everything they did help them. Um, and I think they needed that sort of after Joey Bosa left this game. But even when Joey Bosa does return, I would like to see that more creativity and personnel shifting, you know, going yeah. forward just to to get guys those opportunities um, or at least the guys that are showing out on defense the most. Yeah, I think they only had 
like two blitzes that really like didn't work out in their favor. Every other one, you know, Adderley had a blitz early and he got he hit home. Kaiser White had a blitz, I think, where he hit home at, at least, you know, caused the pressure. Tranquil had a sack. Derwin James had a sack. So it really was, you know, just a really good game plan from uh, Brandon Staley. And, you know, we've seen a couple people mention this already, but, you know, Kenneth Murray not really kind of involved in this game plan. Even when Joey Bosa goes out, you know, he really didn't play extended snaps until like those last two drives when, you know, they put in some, some of their backups. So uh, just is like, like, it just kind of sucks, man. Like I'm, I'm sitting here watching Denzel Perriman ball out for the Raiders, except he just got injured, I think. Um, yeah. And you have Kaiser White, your Tranquil playing well. And it just, it just kind of sucks that there's not really a place for Kenneth Murray. But at the same time, like he just is not playing very well. Yeah, so I'm going to ask, is, is Murray in bus territory? I mean, kind of getting close. Unfortunately, the guys are yeah. like, there's a there's a fourth round pick who was edge, who is a better edge than him. There's blitzers on the team at linebacker who are better than him. There are linebackers on the team that are better in coverage than him. Oof. And there are linebackers on the team that are making more run stops and actually tackling the football or the football carrier more than he is. So I don't even know if he's necessarily a bust. It's close. Wow, he played only five snaps this game. Wow, Arjun just pointed out he only played five snaps. That's wild. And it's not like they, you know, it's not like the uh, Bengals weren't on the field. On, I mean, they were on the field a lot, running it, throwing it, whatever. And they only had five snaps. Wow, that's a big deal. I, I think you kind of, I mean, well, we'll talk about this in the offseason. I feel like you kind of have to trade him at this point. Yeah, if you, when you're, you're definitely bringing back Kaiser White. And you don't need Murray. Like, he's not even your rotating back. It's Neiman or Ogbong Bumiga, who Ogbong Bumiga had a great deal on special teams. Yeah, so, yeah, there's no need. I kind of talked about trading him really early in the season. That was very premature. But at this point, <laughs> you got to move on for something. No, yeah. I mean, I, I give you credit. We were talking before that Ravens game. I was like, oh, well, Neiman balls out. Is Murray gone? And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. But now we're kind of here. Um, nah, it's not where I want to be because I think uh, Kenneth Murray, you know, you want him to work out as a former first-round pick. But uh, right now it's just uh, it ain't happening. It's not happening, which, uh, you know, it's not, it's just unfortunate. So uh, to continue the defensive theme here, what did you guys make of the secondary? Because obviously Chris Harris had the interception credit to him. You know, he made a, a very good play. I thought it was funny that when, after he got the interception, he was going to, he initially thought of like running all the way to the opposite end zone to celebrate. And then he was like, Oh shit, that's a hundred yards the other way. I'm just going to celebrate right here. Um, but what do you guys make of the secondary in general? Obviously Joe Burrow's, finger injury kind of limited what they were able to do down the field uh but alex what do you think of the secondary the way they played today michael davis kind of got low-key torched um for large portions of this game um i mean yeah (laughs) it's funny because the one interception he had was a really i mean he got beat it was such a lucky play it was such a lucky play but i mean it was an athletic play with the one hand uh i mean i give credit to him for that at least but yeah, Jamar Chase was giving him problems. At the same time, Jamar Chase gives a lot of people problems as he has been all season. So, you know, I, I would just say it felt like watching him that Michael Davis just looked a step slow and he doesn't normally look that way um, on defense. So I didn't think he was great. Tavon Campbell had a couple, you know, confusing moments, but I thought, you know, he played okay i don't know it wasn't great i I didn't think davis was great either 
Um, weirdly enough, I feel like we're talking about Chris Harris is the best player in the secondary <laughs> today. Uh, or, or at least when we talk about the cornerbacks, obviously not with Derwin James and, and the safety group, but he, he kind of showed out, obviously gets the interception late, but I don't really remember him getting burnt a lot in this game, uh, really at all. So um, I, I thought Chris Harris stepped up pretty nicely. Yeah, plus I'll have to go back and watch. It's so hard to tell because the only time I see Harris is when he's complaining and like he gave up something <laughs> or then you just don't see him, which is good. Like the fact that you weren't yeah. seeing him was probably a good thing, but I don't know if he had a good game or not. I think someone mentioned on the strip sack that someone was wide. Jamar Chase was wide open for a touchdown. Yeah. And yeah, we got that strip that. sack. And I don't know who, what happened. I don't, maybe it was Chris Harris. Maybe it was Campbell. It was Davis. I don't know. I do feel like Davis had a couple of plays as the game went on. Like he started to be a little bit better. But then again, Joe Burrow had a messed up pinky. And I think the day could have been worse if it weren't for that pinky. There's a couple of just, right. you just could tell. Like he was willing some plays there, but some were just kind of off. I don't know if that changes things, but, you know, I, they didn't have a great game. Now they faced a gauntlet of receivers. Like the Steelers have good receivers. The Broncos have good receivers. The sure. Vikings obviously have good receivers, but they just continued to not be a strength of this team. And I'm not saying Samuel Jr. is cornerback one, but they really miss another corner and he could be working his way to corner one. Honestly, like just him not being there makes it seem like he should be corner one because he's kind of the only guy yeah. making plays on the football. You know, you'll, you'll take the bat. You'll take him peeking into the backfield and getting beaten by Johnson, whoever it was, or Claypool, because he'll also have three passes defended that game. No one else is really doing that. And yeah, but Davis got, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a, a person get burned that bad and end up with an interception <laughs> off of a dropped pass that like, but craziest thing. So not a great yeah. performance from the secondary, but congrats, Chris Harris Jr. The last two weeks, I haven't really seen you. And that's a good thing. Yeah. There were a couple of times where Tyler Boyd got him, but I mean, Tyler Boyd's really solid. Um, and, you know, the Joe Burrow injury definitely limited him, right? Like, he just didn't have the same kind of velocity. He said it happened on the Nwosu strip sack. So he played the entire game essentially with a dislocated pinky. And you could really tell that he was frustrated by it. Um, and honestly, like, I, I came to respect him a lot more today because just the way that he was playing through that, um, it was fun to watch. You know, uh, Dan Orlowski saying that he played better than Herbert is absolute bullshit, dude. What? Um, Not even just better. Like, if you want to say he's better? That's like you say he played better. Okay, but a lot better than Justin Herbert, who had like nine incompletions. And, and, like, <laughs> whatever he had. What, what was his, what was Herbert's stat line? So it was and a good stats are and everything, but yeah, nine incompletion, three hundred seventeen yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That was basically just a punt throw. Yeah. Come on, man. A lot better. No. Than, jo than Justin Herbert, that's such crap. A lot of, uh, frankly, we did win this election vibes from Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Like, if you're going to say, like, he, I really, like I was just saying, like, I really respect the way that he battled through this injury. But 100%. Like, he, he played better. Like, didn't he have two turnovers? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? You know, he barely pushed the ball down the field. So, you know, it, it just is funny to me how people, like, push narratives that they – I like to choose uh, to push. So uh, shout out to Dane Cannon. Uh, first time tuning into the live stream. Uh, thanks for uh, your donation here. Super chats always appreciated. Um, let's let's move. Let's shift gears and talk about this offense because it was a very up and down, inconsistent performance from the offense. We've seen this, but they did end up putting uh, 34 points on the board. Obviously, the table on Campbell does not really count for them, but 41 points as a whole. Um, you know, we see this team roar out to this 24-0 start 
in part because the offense is really cooking. And I know everybody on Twitter was like, wow, what happened to Joe Lombardi? Like, what's going on? These are the same play calls that they've been calling. Like, we're seeing these on film that they are consistently popping up. But for whatever reason, Justin Herbert just came out with his head on fire. I think he was just really mad at the way he played. And credit to him, you know, he was connecting on those deep balls to Jalen Guyton that were open. He was connecting to Mike Williams. And this was really, I think, when you're talking specifically about, like, the three receivers, like, this Mm -hmm. is what we pictured as, like, the best-case scenario. You have Guyton taking the top off the field. You have Mike Williams jump balls. You have Keenan Allen working the overs and the slots and Mm -hmm. the slants and everything. So I thought the first quarter and the fourth quarter were really kind of what we all pictured as like the best case for this offense. Second quarter, third quarter was kind of a mess though. Go ahead, Tyler. All right. So a couple of things. I liked a couple of plays that they had where they were playing off the tendencies of what they had shown before on film. They did that in, against the Steelers when they had that screen to par them. But also this one, there was one where it, like, I thought they were going right to Keenan Allen on some sort of like, I think he was doing like a around the world or whatever the hell that's called where he like rotates in, goes for a swing pass, but they end up going to Eckler instead. And there was another one where Keenan was on like a wheel um, and then Herbert missed him, but they were going to different things that they had shown before, which is good. The offense continues to add these things, these looks, which is great. Um, As far as the offense, yeah, the offense was pushing it last week. Like I don't think, I'm sure the plays were different. Don't get me wrong. But the general philosophy I think was there because Herbert, Mm -hmm. like this game, he slung it. And sometimes it didn't work out. Sometimes it got picked off or dropped, but He's just going after anyone, you know, on the air, on the third of Guyton, which wasn't under throw, but it was 62 air yards or whatever it was. But that was to Guyton and against Jesse Bates. And I talked about him needing to target safeties. And it didn't look like Herbert was afraid of making those throws. In general, he yeah. let it loose. And if he can grow from there, I think that the good things are on the way. Because if you think of the Steelers game, you know, he, he's, he has a couple runs before that game and leading up into that game. But after that game, he's looking to run a lot more. And, so, and that's not always great. But he's starting to feel more confident running more, for better or worse. And now I think he's starting to feel more confident. It feels weird because last year he had no problem doing this. But now he's feel confident, you know, letting things loose. And if, look, if Guyton can win jump balls like that, and if Williams can hang on, you know, and make sideline catches, you could see him start to make those, take those shots more, especially to Guyton. Like Guyton being, you know, a, a really big fourth down play last week, a couple of really big plays this week, including the touchdown. Have you know got a defensive pass interference on him and still out jumping, out muscling that ball from Jesse Bates, who was, I think, pro football focus, but like their highest graded safety last season. Like that's a good safety. Yeah. He just beat for a jump ball. Right. So, you know, like I said, the last week, you know, the aggressive shots were there last week, way more than I thought they would. They continue to do that, keep the pedal to the floor. Um, and then just in general, their aggressiveness on first down and the opening parts of their drive. Um, so you know, they they, they passed deep on their first uh on their first drive, they passed a score on fourth down. Well, they were up 20. Let's see, they were up 24 to zero. And the first plays of each drive after that, up 24 to zero, first plays of each drive were pass, 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 and then run, run because they were up 16 and the game was basically over. So yeah. they had every opportunity to go, mm, we'll just run it. You know, we have all of our running backs activated, which is the other thing. And, you know, <laughs> Filer was back and they could have been, yeah, we're up 24 zero. Let's just run the ball more. But no, pass, 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 pass. I mean, six straight drives opening with a pass. Yeah. I love it. And so I think it was a really good game plan and just an extension of what they were doing last week. They could have folded at any point and the Bengals were a good defense and they didn't. They did. I mean, they had execution errors, you know, fumbling the ball twice from Eckler is not good, but in general, the philosophy I really liked, they were pushing it just like they were trying to do last week, except this time Herbert had that confidence to make those throws. Some good, yeah. some bad. 
but it was a good game overall. It reminded me of sort of a version of the Eagles game, I would say, but uh, you, you just saw guys complete on more of those opportunities. Obviously, there were a lot of RPOs today, which I like, um, and obviously you can run more RPOs when Matt Filer is on the field as opposed to Sadio <laughs> Calamete, uh, yes. who, you know, Tyler willed into being inactive today on our pregame show. Uh, yeah, so, shout out know, to Tyler. Congrats to him. Uh, so no, but yeah, I, I just thought the offense looked a lot more fluid today. And we talked about Herbert kind of looking for, um, those matchups, whether it was with Jesse Bates or, you know, he saw Williams on, on, uh, on Hilton and just was like, yeah, I'm going to go there, uh, pretty much like every time he was on him. Uh, so I, I thought that that was fun to watch. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that this was a really good Herbert game. Uh, I think there were ones he would like to have back probably like that throw towards the end of half, uh, the end of the first half, but I mean, kind of ended up just being a punt. Uh, But yeah, I think he might've liked having that one back. So the Chargers could have got another score out of that. But other than that, I thought he played really clean today and it was really impressive after last week, which I thought was probably his worst game of the season to go on the road um, and have this performance against this Bengals defense, which had been playing very well um, in recent weeks. Uh, I just thought was was really impressive of him, especially with the kind of caliber secondary he was going against. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Staley said after the game that they felt like they had better matchups on the outside or in the passing game specifically than running the football because uh, Popper asked him about, you know, skewing so heavily towards the passing game. And, you know, he said it was a matchup thing. So, if that's the matchup thing, please do that every single week. You know, I, I think this team, it's really unfortunate the way they cannot run the ball consistently. Um, part of that is not having a consistent second back. You know, Austin Eckler did get injured at the end of the game, so we'll have to keep an eye on, on that one. Um, but for the most part, I thought the offensive game plan was was really, really solid. You know, a lot of people were getting mad about the screen plays, but, you know, you, you have – Justin Herbert gets sacked on back-to-back plays and it's like, what do you want them to do on third and 25? Like you're not going to convert every single third and 25. So I was fine with the screenplays. It's a good way to mix it up generally. Um, but I, like I said, I think the first quarter in particular really gives you a window into what this offense really like actually could look like and wants to do. You know, we've heard, we've all heard the clips of like, we want to throw that fucker down the field. Like this is what they want to do. It's just in other instances, they don't have the protection because Senor Calamante is in or they, you know, they misrun a route or Justin Herbert misses on the throw or whatever the case may be. But that first quarter is like the best looking version of this offense. And I think ultimately, you know, it, they did just enough to uh, get the game done and, and taken care of. I would also just say like screens are good. Like yes. screens are a <laughs> yes. good thing and you should use them more because I mean, what the chargers had kind of been going to is this offense where everything has to be timing based and we have to hit on this play at this moment. It's like, no, what if you just throw it over there and mix it up sometimes <laughs> like right. a wide receiver screen or a running back screen to me isn't a bad idea. If it's an easy pickup of a couple of yards here and there. Right. So um, to me, I, I think what this game demonstrated is that the chargers, can work on their timing and have all those kind of complex uh, plays that Lombardi likes to run and also have easy offense to balance it out. Um, yeah. So that that's to me what this game kind of represented. Yeah. And I think one last thing to add about the offensive game plan, people were very unhappy with that Guyton run, which was went for minus one. And occasionally like those things maybe don't work, but they up until that point on first down, 
We're averaging seven yards per carry on that play with yeah. Guyton or Roberts. So it's like if you're calling a play on first down like you have been and it averages seven yards and in going into that game, I think they were averaging five and a half yards per play in the last two attempts at it. Why not call it? And so people are very frustrated with that because it didn't work, but it has been working for them, particularly on first down. Yeah, no I one's allowed we... to be mad at Jalen Guyton today. He is a king. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But, you know, I think when we're talking about, you know, criticizing or praising play calling, it's all about the process instead of the results. Like when, you... <coughs> gosh, excuse me. Um, when you can't really run the ball like they couldn't today, doing ends or doing end around jet sweeps, whatever you want to call it, that's a good process by Joe Lombardi. I would have loved to see it happen more than the one time. Because it stretches the defense horizontally when you're not able to really do that with your traditional running game. So, if anything, you know, you want to see them more. Uh, and, you know, Ian Alexander, the Philly special, man, the two point conversion, that was so cool. Like, I loved to see that. Joe, Justin Herbert mm-hmm. was so fired up after catching that two point conversion. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley said, I think on uh, Wednesday, he was asked about trick plays and, and he, was like, yeah, we should we we want to do that more often. And they finally did something cool in terms of trick plays. Uh, <laughs> and it was really fun to, to watch. Keenan Allen had a, a really solid pass. So uh love that play call. That and the last time we saw that call, if I'm not mistaken, was against the Bengals, but the Jets did it. So oh. a little bit of prep oh, there. Did to Mike White in that game? Mm-hmm. Oh yep. yeah, I remember that now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to see the Philly special for obvious reasons, uh considering uh, nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Love Doug Peterson and Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of my team now. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Apparently, the Raiders have the ball down two with 41 seconds left. So, I uh, hope the Washington can uh, pull that out. How about the Washington fan base, man? Showing out in Las Vegas. I never would have expected. I never would have guessed. A Washington fan base to show up to Las Vegas like that. But, you know, Allegiant Stadium was uh, pure red this weekend. So, love to see it. Where are the fans? Like, what? I don't think I know. do. I know a Washington football team fan. Granted, I'm not in Vegas, but like, I don't know anybody's a Washington football team fan. And to let to see thousands of them in an era where their team's really not that good and their owners potentially or is a piece of shit. I'm surprised <laughs> there were that many fans. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of local DC fans who are just like, hey, it's fucking freezing here. Can we go to Vegas for the weekend? And uh, yeah, that's what happened. But there's not <laughs> a lot of uh, national Washington fans because they no. sucked for like 20 years. And also, um, yeah, the whole <laughs> Redskins thing. Yeah. yeah, well, and we've seen all their home games are like 70% empty. Like when they're, when we played there the first week, you know, the stadium was you know, 30%, 35% empty, apparently, according to some people um so just is really funny I, I hope washington's able to to win that game weirdly i think they've won like four games in a row if i'm not if i'm not mistaken so uh getting hot at the right time the washington football team yeah my uh, coach of the year in super bowl dark sleeper back in the day uh that <laughs> candidate right. candidates are coming up and you need a win here because if they win and then the chiefs win tomorrow night you get my record for game picks hey and i think i'm going tonight. through you know this Oh, tonight. tonight. Okay, well, yeah. before you go to bed, you'll know if you're a, a winner or, or not. <laughs> it, that would be just like the cherry on top of my weekend, man. I got the Utes going to the Rose Bowl. Chargers beat the Bengals. You know, I, I would get to swap with Tyler for picks. It'd just be perfect, man. For you. <laughs> okay, I, I want to talk now about this uh, running back two situation. 
because honestly i have no fucking clue what to think and what to make of this situation justin jackson plays zero snaps last week he played five the week before that and then today he was the only non-austin eckler running back to touch the ball after having all four active so uh, if justin jackson is the rb2 great i said pick one if he's the one that they chose great i'm just so confused again by what this team is doing outside of austin eckler do i even have a comment i don't know what i'm supposed to say to this like (laughs) what are we doing i mean they won so it worked i guess sure but like and and then they don't put it back in when they're up 16 and eckler gets hurt potentially so what i don't i i have no words we've been it's a carousel it's like a russian roulette with three bullets or four bullets and we just keep, you know, whatever. And hopefully, I don't understand what the thought process is here. You know, if Justin Jackson is now just an active guy for special teams, fine, I guess. But then he's the only one getting the ball today. So like, <laughs> so he's also their special teams guy and their RB2. But Roundtree's active, and I don't think he plays. Kelly has one third down blitz pickup. It was awful. And it was awful. <laughs> so, it was so bad. <laughs> after leading the team with 16 snaps last week, I don't. Like, is this the preseason? Am I getting punked on what I'm I'm paying to see every every week when I go and pay for my season tickets? What are we like? I, I don't get it. How do you get into a rhythm at all? You know, look, whatever. I have, I have nothing to say. I really have nothing to say. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know. The RB2 situation at this point is the RB2 situation. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I've kind of been saying it from day one where I'm like, well, I don't think Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly are, are very good. And now we're still here talking about that. Um, was Darius Bradwell active today? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. So it was just, okay, so the four of you them. You must have had a bad week of yeah. practice. Yeah, he must have had a bad week of practice. Um, I don't know. Like, at this point, I've talked about how on the pregame show, it's just like Brandon Staley, Two-Face, uh, <laughs> just flipping a coin before every game and seeing who gets carries where. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Justin Jackson got zero carries next week, and it wouldn't shock me if he had 10 because I played hurt. Um, I, I, I really don't know at this point. Um, I do technically think Justin Jackson probably is the second best running back on the team, but it's sort of by default because the other ones are bad. <laughs> um, and he wasn't too impressive today either with two and a half yards per carry. Did have a seven-yard run, though, so that uh, bold prediction did pay off. <laughs> when we were like one of them would get a seven yard run that wasn't called back by a penalty and it happened. So uh, yeah, but yeah, the running back two situation is not great. They really need someone who can help Eckler at this point. Anyone trade for Adrian Peterson and go into win now mode. I I don't, I don't know what the answer (laughs) is. There's so many, there's a lot of problems. Did you see that the Seattle Seahawks scored a 73 yard touchdown on a fake punt? No, I didn't see that. that was their, I can only wish. It was like their only good play of offense today. They snapped it directly to the, the personal protector, uh, Homer, the backup running back, and he took it 73 yards to the house. Is our only fake punt of the season when Tavon Campbell got blown up by Hunter Renfro? Yes, That's correct. That is correct, oh, yes. Geez. So uh, the running back situation is interesting. Oh, apparently the Raiders lost, so Washington football team helping us out in a little bit, so good job. Um, the running back situation is, is going to be really interesting this week because if Austin Eckler is not close to 100%, you, you, this is the game to sit him. 
you're going up against the Giants team who is pretty freaking bad at this point might be playing their practice squad quarterback because uh what's his name um the Glennon the quarterback with the huge neck uh is apparently in concussion protocol so you're probably playing your practice squad third string quarterback against the Giants this week so or, or for the Giants this week excuse me so if Austin Eckler is injured this is the game to sit him but then it's like who do you give all the snaps to because you've never seen really any consistent play by any of them. But then again, that might be like their final opportunity to, to figure it out because they have to do something, you know, they, they won today, um, but they needed to run the ball in that third quarter in that second quarter. And they just couldn't, they didn't even try because they were just, they just, they didn't have any faith in anybody. Austin Eckler is fumbling. So they have to figure out the running game going forward. And, you know, we, we, if they're going to make any kind of impact in the playoffs, they have to be able to run the football. And right now, outside of Austin Eckler, they just can't. Daniel Jones plays like a backup third string practice squad quarterback all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, is it really that different? <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones has a neck injury for those who are, are not asking. And the fact that a neck injury gave way to Mike Lennon is honestly just hilarious. I couldn't think of a good follow-up to that. Like a Linval <laughs> Joseph and a belly injury? No, I can't do that. You know? <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they're playing the Giants, so they could have a lead, and they could obviously figure it out with a lead. And if I'm testing anything out heading into Kansas City, I'll test that RB2. Let it, just screw it. Eckler doesn't need, Eckler doesn't need to play. Eckler doesn't need to play. Sign. Everyone says it differently. Ito, Ito. OT I'm, going Smith, with, I'm going with Ito. I'm going with Ito Smith. Whatever. Mr. Smith, uh, sign him or something. I don't know. It just uh, whatever. Yeah, it's it's uh obviously gonna be very interesting this week without Austin Eckler if he's not playing because th- we've seen them be cautious. They were just cautious today with Joey Bosa. So uh if Austin Eckler didn't play next week, I think that would uh not be a surprise to me. Was there Try a post game update on what was wrong? Oh, I don't think anybody asked about him, honestly. I don't that, that's great. Nobody asked. Yeah, that's really good by our media members. <laughs> yeah, everybody's saying it's Ito, so that's that's what I'm going with. Um, let's see. There were a couple decisions by Brandon Staley, I think, today that are obviously we're talking about. Obviously, they went for two. They tried to go for two and then brought the field goal unit or the PAT unit back out. Um they didn't have any opportunities to go for it on fourth down. Did they outside of the one where they were trying to like get them to jump off sides? They went for the fourth down to score the touchdown to Allen. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That was the the first touchdown to Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and then good also decisions. The, also the decision <laughs> to challenge the Jared Cook uh That was thing. so weird. Yeah, I thought they pretty clearly got it and then they were like well he stretched it when he was falling out of bounds i'm like he yeah but he was still in bounds when he stretched it so like <laughs> i don't know so that seems like it should be the yardage but um yeah so that challenge didn't work out but i thought it was a decent challenge nonetheless to just kind of you know see if you can get something out of that and could change the game can someone explain to me what the call was from the ref after the challenge, but wasn't the challenge, but then there was a timeout or a so what the shift. What the guy said, what the referee said is that they ruled it as forward progress was stopped. Not that they like the play just ended. 
So mm-hmm. I guess the, the referee, the, the side judge, when uh, ruled that when Jared Cook started his extension of the ball, that his forward progress was stopped. So that is forward progress is not a reviewable thing. Like you can't challenge forward progress. It was it's different than just challenging the spot. All right. Well, the Chargers won, so I don't care. Pretty much. Oh, we're Gosh, lost. I'm dying over here. Jeez. Um, it's okay. I also thought it was really funny when uh, the Bengals went for it. They went for two. They called oh. a timeout, and then they get a delay of game. Like, how do you get a delay of game call after a timeout on a two-point conversion attempt? I feel like that happened seven times last year for the Chargers, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, how do you let that happen? But also, we went through, like, eight shows where that <laughs> happened to the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um all right, any other uh, takeaways here before we get into studs and duds? I just building off of that, it's the Chargers being generally very ready to go either on fourth down or with their two point conversions. They have a call in ready to go. They're more of an illegal shift problem team, but the call seems to always be that they are prepared for these situations. The Bengals are the complete opposite. They're like, uh, I don't know, we should go for two? Sure. <laughs> and then they took a timeout and then delay of game, whatever. And then, oh, what was the last thing that happened? Oh, yeah, Burrow like, was going to spike the ball before the half. But it oh, drained yeah. like 12 seconds. Yeah. I don't know, weird situational stuff. And it, yeah, it didn't work out for them. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I just thought this game was about the bounce back. I mean, you know, Popper had that stat where they're four and one after a loss, two and four <laughs> after a win. I swear to God, if we lose to the Giants next week, don't make it come <laughs> to this. I cannot handle losing to them uh, twice in three weeks. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, we, we can't lose that game. But. Uh, no, I just thought that this was a great effort from them to bounce back shorthanded as they were. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was my main takeaway from the game. Yeah, and really just like bouncing back from within the game, right? Like it's 24 to 22. Everybody on Twitter is losing their damn minds that this is the same old Chargers. And then they score uh, 17 straight points after that. So um, Brandon Staley said that he felt like the defense won the day. And it really was, you know, the the – Touchdown! The touchdown that Tavon Campbell got forced by Christian Covington. Gosh, I'm sorry, you guys. <coughs> Token like the Bengals. Do we need to put you in the protocol? <laughs> the COVID protocols. Sorry, uh, Stephen is vaccinated, so if he tests negative for the yeah. next 48 hours twice, I think he'll be okay. So yeah, uh, it's then not we'll COVID. I went to, hours. <laughs> no, I went back to Utah for Christmas. We were in Park City. I was not prepared uh, for the the cold that was there. Uh, and you weren't prepared for cold. the cold in Park City, Utah, in December. No, because on the freaking uh, on my freaking phone, it said that it was gonna be fifty degrees, and it wasn't. It was much colder, so you know, I, I gotcha. did not pack warm enough and got sick, and I've been coughing all week. Um, all right, before I we get to studs, too. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, all right, let's get into studs and duds before we wrap this up. We'll take some questions after that as well. Uh, Tyler, who is your stud of the day? Ooh, stud of the day. I feel like I go a different, different couple of ways with this, but I said it, Chen and Moso, and I'm gonna stick with it. I okay, yeah. I know everyone's like, why don't you say Justin Herbert? Like, I look, we could, I get it, but I want to give credit to other people. And then Chen and Mosu stepped up. Like I said, he had two sacks. He's probably gonna end up with six pressures or so. He stepped up when Bosa was out, and that's huge. It could have been yeah. a, you know, Mosu is just good because Bosa's there, sort of thing. But all the attention in theory should have been on him, and he had two sacks. Apparently, he saved a touchdown when Chase was wide open, too. So, 
hey, kudos to him. He stepped up. He's really heated up over the last few games. It's helped Bosa quite a bit. It's helped his defense, at least the front, you know, four or five guys or whatever. They look a lot better. And listen, if he heats up and keeps this up and they don't have to sign an edge rusher, they just, you know, just re-sign in Mosu, or they don't have to take an edge rusher in the first round, which I still think they might have to either way, signing or, or drafting. But if he does, you know, two sacks a game and is wrecking games like this to finish the year, hey, one last thing. You know, maybe you could go wide receiver in the first round. I don't know. Yeah, and Brandon Slady said afterwards that he felt like, or he's always felt like, Ichenon Mosu was built to play this kind of scheme, built to play for them. Uh, gave a shout out to Jay Rogers, who's been consistently coaching him up. So I think that's a good call. Uh, Alex, I'll let you go next. I think I know where you're going to go here, but uh, who's your stud of the day? Yeah, I'll let Stephen take Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm going to give it to Jalen Guyton. <laughs> uh, we have to give it to Jalen Guyton, friend of the show, for coming on. Uh, I, I think after all the questions about his usage of this season, him having this kind of game, particularly on those RPO looks, the shots were there for him. He took advantage of them, and that's all you wanted. I We were kind of questioning, like, who's the real wide receiver three on this team? Is it Guyton? Is it Palmer? Uh, is it Andre Roberts? Are they going to use him? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no one can really say who the RB3, or who the wide receiver three was, but I, I thought that Jalen Guyton stepped up clutch this game, uh, as well as Chenna and Wosu, um, and who Steven, I assume, is going to say is Justin Herbert. Um, but, you yeah, know, this was a big bounce back game for, for him. I uh, didn't have any uh, drops that I saw, had a couple clutch plays. Uh, so just kept the ball moving and kind of going off of his Denver effort where he converted that fourth and two. Uh, I think he's kind of gaining a little bit of momentum. So I'll be curious to see where this takes him. Um, and, yeah, great performance from him. They they sorely needed, I, I think, a third wide receiver to step up and, and yeah. take the pressure off of Keenan and Mike for sure. Uh, if Jalen Guyton can do this once a game, you know, twice a game and have these kind of plays, it just opens so much, opens up so much more for this offense. So uh, I'm actually not going to go with Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with a, a Shaq saying here, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, of course. And I'm going to give uh-huh. the stud of the day to the others, uh, as he likes to say. Oh, so you I like need, it. I'm going to give this award in general to, you know, Chris Rump, Joe Gaziano, Andre Roberts. Mm-hmm. The other guys on this team, you know, the the return that opened the game from Andre Roberts really set yeah. the Chargers up nicely to have that first touchdown drive. Uh, you get really good contributions from Chris Rump, Joe Gaziano, like I said, Tavon Campbell, Christian Covington. Um, so we've needed these other players to really step up around the Chargers star, stars, and I think they did that. So studs of the day, just a collective others for me. I like that. And it really felt like that. They needed, you know, I, I think in most of maybe had the best game on defense of the, it's not really an other, but others stepped up and they yeah. needed that so bad. I'm so happy that they did. I'm just going to get this out of the way. We love Justin Herbert. We love Mike Williams. We love Brandon Staley. Whole team, we <laughs> love you. Uh, there's only three spots. So, but yeah, just the comments. I do like Justin Herbert. I, I don't want any confusion. Right. Yeah. I, I think this was a game that we, this is, we expect this out of Justin Herbert, right? He played really, really well. We expect that his, Shot plays today were fantastic. Um, he had a couple underthrows that I think he would like to have back, like Alex mentioned earlier. But generally speaking, he was fantastic. So uh, someone said set of the day is the GAC bump. Yeah, shout out to uh, Jalen Guyton again. Fuck yeah. 
Yeah, Herbert had a tackle. He had a two-point conversion, plenty of touchdowns, all that good stuff. I mean, that was a good tackle, too. Like, I think we've seen Rivers take yeah, out was... a Cowboys defender on one play a long time ago. But, yeah, that was a pretty <laughs> solid tackle from Herbert. He did. He, that was a, it was a great tackle from uh, from him. So, um, Did he have more tackles this game than Kenneth Murray? Hold on. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So well, wait. So Herbert threw three touchdowns. He had the two-point conversion and the tackle. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he was an about as complete player today. About as good as the day. Homes. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get into some duds of the day. Unfortunately, you know, there wasn't a ton that went wrong uh, in this game, but um, you know, there's a lot be, that went wrong in this game. Well, in you know, comparison to last week and the week before that, you know, I feel <laughs> that like is true. A ton, of, a ton of stuff that went wrong. Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah. Will, I will say just before we get to duds that, like, in general, although it was 24 22, and this may be because I watched the game on tape delay, <laughs> I felt less bad about this game and the blown lead that I would say the Steelers game and the yeah. way that they blew that one and still won. Um, just mm-hmm. because that was one of the allowed 27 street points or something like that in that one. Uh, so yeah, I, I felt that since he was kind of due for some and they, they got it. So, you know, uh, obviously you don't like the defense class. Oh God, we already got Tillery comments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I would just say, yeah, no, uh, overall, I felt less bad about potentially collapsing this game. Obviously, never good when you give up a 24-point lead, but sure. um, it, it, the game felt more in control. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I would generally agree with that statement. I think, you know, you have a bad quarter in the second quarter, and really outside of that, you know, I, it is what it is. Like, this is, was not comparable to the Steelers or last week, in my opinion. Um Last week, you know, I think the defense in general just played with so much more energy this week than last week. And I, I felt that watching the film, I was just like, man, like this defense is just not fully engaged for whatever reason. And this week, I feel like they were. So, uh, the today for me has to be Austin Eckler. You know, I know he left injured and I hate to uh, kick a man when he's down. But, you know, last week he had the drop that led to a pick six. This time, you know, the fumble that nearly led to a fumble six. Had another fumble. Um, just was was not a great day from him and you could tell that he that it affected him like he just did not have the same kind of juice that he normally has um you know and, and it really just wore on him and you could tell he mentioned earlier this week that he is generally more worn down so maybe you know giving him the week off this week to while he deals with his, this injury uh might be best for him because he he just didn't look like the same explosive player that we're used to seeing i know he scored the one touchdown um, but just not a great day from Austin Eckler today, as as uh, unfortunate as it is. Yeah, it's a little concerning. You know, the, I think the drops kind of can happen. The fumbles aren't really his thing, so I don't expect that to be. And, and they were pretty good, like plays by the like defense forced it to. Like they, it wasn't just kind of like awful. But yes, no, he, he is a dud for that. Um, we had two interceptions off of, of of Eckler's hands since the bye. One against the Patriots, the pick six last week. And granted, maybe some of that's, you know, maybe the throw wasn't that great to Eckler. But, you know, it's just, it's a bit concerning, but I don't expect him to have those issues. Um, I don't know. There weren't really like a ton of duds. I pointed out in the chat that Campbell and Davis gave up a combined uh, 13 catches on 16 targets for 149 yards. They got the prayer lucky interception where the hand of God put that back in Michael <laughs> Davis's hands. Chase had like um, three so drops today, didn't he? Yeah. He at least had two. He definitely had two. And he definitely had one which was yeah. huge, almost a game changer. Um, so they're kind of duds. 
like it's picky because he only had he only gave up so far, you know, one sack, another pressure, and had a holding penalty. But like Matt Filer didn't have a great game. Mm-hmm. You know, I expect more from him. It wasn't like a I don't know how terrible it was. Um, there's some costly moments, and the fact that he had a holding call and gave up a sack, it's and it was very close to each other. I'm like, oh, Senor Calamete. Uh, as a joke, no one like he, he's much better than that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yes, it was his best Senor Calamete impression. But again, right now it's only it only has him at two pressures, one of them being a sack. Yeah, like that's not that bad. That's not that bad. Can I retroactively give another dud to Senor Calamete for last week again? <laughs> sure, I'll give him one too. You know what? Let's triple down. <laughs> The, the top one percent of Senio Calamentes are stealing all the duds that we're giving out. I mean, it's really <laughs> a problem. Um, so, no, I, I would just say, uh, yeah, I, I think my dud of the game has to go to Michael Davis. Um, just mm. given what my expectations were for him this year, not that mm. he would become this all-pro, all-star corner, um, but I, I did feel that like, okay, well, last year was clearly a turning point. He had some games against some, you know, very clear top receivers in this league, including Stefan Diggs. Um, and I, I just felt like this would kind of be the turning point year. Now he is still coming off of that hamstring injury. So I don't know how much is affecting him in terms of his, in terms of his foot speed and how he looks. Um, <laughs> Can everyone help me ratio Orlovsky on Twitter? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but no, I just felt like Michael Davis has to kind of play better for the secondary yeah. work. Obviously, Derwin James covers up a lot of problems for this team. Uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to see better play from him, uh, particularly because they can't rely on Devon Campbell. And although they got a good Chris Harris game today, they can't really rely on Chris Harris from week to week right. either. Um, so I, I, I have to give him kind of my dead of the day. As far as Filer, uh, I did think he looked a little rough out there, but also having a injured Matt Filer over Senio Kilomete is like still <laughs> such a massive yeah. upgrade that like it allowed them to run offense properly. So you know, I'll I'll give that to to Matt Filer still. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think Michael Davis uh, could have played better. And yeah, you can kind of give one to Tavon Campbell too, but I don't want to be too mean because I already gave a dud to Tavon Campbell this season, so. Yeah, I, I think Campbell, Campbell is like what you expect him to be. And it's hard to make him the dud when he did score the touchdown. Like, even though it was an easy touchdown, like, you know, he still did it. Like, he still did his job. But Michael Davis, outside of the one pass breakup, which uh, the Pandasaurus Rex mentioned in the in the chat, like, that was a really great pass breakup. But you mentioned earlier, it just felt like he was a step slow today. And it felt like that last week, too. You know, watching the the, the game back on tape, like, I just feel like he is either still dealing with that hamstring injury or he's not as engaged. I don't I don't really know what to make of the whole situation. I would love to get like a legitimate answer from one of the coaches about this because he's definitely not the same player. You know, Daniel Popper has mentioned that he's been inconsistent, but outside of the pass breakup, I don't feel like we've seen him make like a ton of good plays the last few weeks ever since he came back. So I don't know. It's just a weird situation. You obviously you, you hope that you know, he would be playing better because he is like their press man corner. Like he is the one who uh, you mm-hmm. absolutely need him to kind of, you know, control the rest of the, the secondary because that's like, you have to be able to shut off one side of the field in this kind of defense. And he's just not doing that. He, and like, he had a great interception in terms of like hand-eye coordination, 
But, you know, if that's a better ball by Joe Burrow and a better catch by Jamar Chase, then, you know, we're talking about a 70-yard touchdown as opposed to an interception that uh, changes the game in, in favor of the Chargers. Yeah, could have used that for my fantasy team. It feels like injuries, <laughs> even though they're kind of off the injury report, like Drew Tranquil, like he got hurt and there was COVID and he came back and he really didn't have a lot of impact plays really up until today. Like they've tried blitzing him. All the sort of the same stuff is there. We saw him against the Raiders just destroying the the offense of the Raiders. And then it just kind of kind of lost him after the bye because of the injury, because of the, uh, the the COVID situation. So I'm hoping, you know, he's kind of building back up. Maybe Davis is more hurt than we think. He's building back up. Maybe Filer's more hurt than we think. He's building back up. So hopefully these guys can kind of get away from their injuries. But yeah, a little concerning from Davis, a guy who before the bye shut down Darren Waller. Like he shut down Darren Waller. And now it's like, Granted, you know, Chase is not a he's a very good player, don't get me wrong. And again, yeah. my fantasy team appreciates that quite a bit. But um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully things are better next week. I think next week will be a really good game for the secondary to get right. Um, Thomas asking about the Jumbo package. I didn't see Brandon Hymas out there. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just Questenberry and then the tight ends, if I'm not mistaken. Did you either of you see Hymas out there? I was I wouldn't have been looking. Well, I know that question um, was up to you, man. Yeah, I, I know that question area was up there. I thought I heard at one point that uh the announcer said number 79. Uh I so I think that might have been Pipkins if he was in. I'm not sure that might have been him. Uh or maybe I'm remembering it being number 79 for the Bengals. <laughs> um I'll go Google that and see if there is one on the Bengals just to make sure. <laughs> I definitely do not remember them calling a ton of jumbo packages this week. It was like, I, I know that Questenberry was in on the touchdown, but I don't think that they called many other ones with multiple offensive or with a, that extra offensive lineman in there. Well, you wait your breakdown, Steven. <laughs> I, uh, I hope we're getting closer for Brendan Hymas to play. Um, Brandon Staley said we are on Friday. I hope that's true. I hope that's not a bunch of bullshit, but uh, yeah, we'll see, I guess. Well, we've heard some bullshit this year for sure. Uh, <laughs> as far as pressures allowed, so Norton three and a sack, Slater and Filer two, each of them with a sack. Unless, no, they, they gave Norton credit for that sack, I would guess. Yeah. Uh, Lindsley Schofield zero. Yeah. I'm going to be surprised if I go back and watch this game and I see Schofield giving up zero pressures. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I don't know. I, listen, out of curiosity, do you think you tend to, to give them more pressures or less when you watch them? Calamete was more. <laughs> That's the biggest jump I've seen. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I, I was probably a little mean to him. I feel like I tried to lean... Uh, like, I, I tried to lean more nice if that makes sense um because there was one game Ten was nice oh god <laughs> no i was mean to, i was mean to senior oh, okay. sure. uh, because there were like three stunts that the broncos did that could have been him or slater or lindsley and i was just like fucking mm. give it to kill kill ass. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> nice the real objective pro football focus thing that we're going for here <laughs> Uh, but I feel like I generally try to lean more nice on, on uh, the offensive line breakdowns. Defensive line stuff, I try to be, you know, if, if you, like, really beat a guy or get beat if you're the offensive lineman, then I, I, I generally give you a pressure, like, even if you don't, you know, affect the quarterback. Like, there was one time 
two weeks ago when I was watching the Steelers game, like Joey Bosa just whooped Dan Moore. Mm-hmm. But Big Ben like was like leaking out of the pocket already by the time Bosa like yeah. passed him. But I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like that that's a pressure to me because you just like destroyed your assignment. So I feel like th- there definitely is some give and take there. Very nice. Okay, I'm gonna get rid of this person. <laughs> Hello. Or you can leave it, but uh, yeah, I think I'll I think I'll get rid of this person. Blah, 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 I'm, blah, just, blah. I'm just laughing at <laughs> anytime it goes back to Stephen, he has a call. <laughs> I know I'm dying over here, you guys. I, I didn't bring any water up today. Uh because I feel like the more I talk, the more I have to cough, cough, and I didn't bring any water, so it was completely my bad. Um, off-season trade Bosa? The hell? We watching a different team? Like, what is this? Joey Bosa. If you give him credit for that Viking sack, and I do, because I think he generated that sack, basically that sack fumble against uh, yeah. Cousins. Is it like four straight weeks with a sack and probably twenty pressures or so? Twenty yeah. something pressures the last yeah. four weeks. Nah, I'm not trading Bosa. Come on. Like, we we just saw Umwosu and Nermf had their, like, best games of his life. Like, Joey Bosa, if he had not left early, he probably would have had seven, eight, nine pressures, a sack or two. Like, he would have had a big game for today for sure. Yeah. What do we think about Jerry Tillery? What kind of game do you think he had? Because I saw moments, and we definitely agree that there were moments. Yeah. But what do you think about his game overall? I thought he was decent. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd have to watch back at the all 22 to kind of like really see, but there were, you know, you had a couple QB hits, you know, a couple pressures, uh, compared to what we had seen from him. If he can at least be a positive in that way, um, then I think it's fine for what his role is on this team. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I thought he was probably better against the run today. I mean, he wasn't getting blown up as much granted again, like I said, the, the best Chargers run defense is getting out to a 24-0 lead. Uh, yes. So, I mean, that definitely contributes to it. So I, I wouldn't say he's a good run defender at all uh, at this point. But it seems like he did okay this week. We'd have to watch more to see. I feel like he was okay. Like, uh, I, It's so hard for me to sit there and watch him because there are times where I'm like, damn, that was a really good rep. And mm-hmm. then it's other times where he's like seven yards down the field and I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening here? Yeah. So he, um, I feel like he was fine. Like he, I'm not expecting Tillery to like come together and have a great game anymore. I just think as long as he's not like completely wrecking the game, then it is what it is. Yeah. So I think between last week and this week, his, his percent of snaps played dropped by about 12%. Yeah, which is a what could have been a lot more, I think, if, if Justin Jones had not gotten hurt, right. Joey Bosa didn't get hurt, if Jeff, if Jeff, if Limbaugh Joseph was in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for him to drop twelve percent even with those injuries is pretty significant. Yeah, so apparently the Steelers won; they beat the Ravens. So, man, the AFC is. Uh, I think this means that the Jeez. Patriots are in second place right now. They have to be, or maybe Big even game first place. I think the Bills still have it. No, they're ahead of the it. Bills. They're ahead of the Bills. Well, that'll be oh. tomorrow, tomorrow night, right? I mean, sure. Yeah, by the Monday night game. So we'll see. Yeah. But AFC, who knows? <laughs> who knows? All right. So we'll take some questions for a few minutes here. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Gosh, I can't stop coughing. Hit us with some super chats uh, to celebrate <laughs> us 
getting Jalen Guyton involved. Uh, we did that. We the GAC bump is real, so give us some bumps for the CAC bump. Yeah, so look, someone's got to pay for Steven's medical bills. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the antibiotics and stuff are going to cost quite a bit. You know, we need some uh, cough drops, Kleenex, all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, fire in the super chats. Help out Steven. He's putting in a, a yeah. good show and he needs our help. We're going to have to quarantine him from the <laughs> offensive line breakdown this week. I got flipped off by Steven. I don't think I've ever had been flipped off by Steven. Alex flips me off three times a show. I don't think <laughs> yeah. Steven's ever flipped me off. I don't think, well, I don't think Steven has ever flipped you off. Wow. I didn't even know what I was watching for a second. Here. Wow, no kidding. I remember the first time I cussed on here, Tyler and Jason were like, whoa, Steven must have <laughs> I was like, okay. And, and then I think halfway through the season, you were like, shit, piss, fuck, all this shit. Like, <laughs> as soon as the Lynn era came through, you were like, just beep. It was, uh, yeah, the Broncos yeah. and the Patriots games happened, and then we got just like unleashed Steven. <laughs> I'm just so glad that I don't have to go back and watch the worst offensive line performance of the season again this week because that Broncos film was pissing me the hell off. Yeah. This isn't a um, so Gaziano is on the active roster. He's not going back to the practice squad unless they activate Joseph. I assume that's a Fahoko thing, not a Gaziano thing. Yeah. Because so, like, the way that we've seen this defense, I mean, Maybe we'll see what happens with uh, Justin Jones, how long that injury keeps him out. But basically mm-hmm. what we've seen is that they prefer to have two nose tackle types and then three three tech slash defensive end types. So that's obviously Gaziano, right. Tillery, and Jones. And then you have uh, either Joseph and Covington or Fahoko and Covington. So they could certainly pivot and keep six defensive linemen. But... Uh, I, I do expect them to cut Brain Vohoko once uh, Lavon Joseph is back off the COVID list, unfortunately, for uh, for everyone involved. Because I think Braden Vohoko is really, you know, coming into a, a solid role play right now. Whatever it takes to get the RB4s on the roster or <laughs> Neighbors. So Neighbors, yeah, so Neighbors is now below RB4. He's, yeah, obviously, you know, full, he's a fullback, sure. But, like, yeah, I don't understand what his role is at this point. The only way that on uh, brisket duty, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The only way neighbors really plays to me is if Steven Anderson and Trey McKitty are hurt or uh, not, Mm. or inactive or something. Goblin from Curtis Davis here. Thank you for the super chat. Out of all our potential free agents, who would y'all bring back, and who is on y'all's bubble? I think for sure you want to bring Kaiser White back. You want to bring Linval Joseph back. uh, Steven Anderson back. I would have to go look at this because the list is the list is pretty yeah. long. I think they it's have, a long have list. thirty players I, I this a, year. I have the spot track list in front of me, so once we get to a certain point on this list, it probably wouldn't be worth talking about. As, as a, <laughs> you know, what would you guys want to bring Kimon Hall back? Like I don't know, but uh, Linval Joseph, obviously, I think you want to try to bring him back in some way. Although that kind of feels like a Telesco let him walk move to me, but I don't, I don't know. Chris Harris, you're not mm-hmm. bringing back just because of age. Um, Mike Williams, depends on what the market is, although, I mean, he had a really great game today. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Cook, no. Uh, Ode Bushi, yes. Uh, Ryan Smith, mm-hmm. mm, probably not. Probably Kyler Fackrell, we'll maybe. Uchenna Nwosu, I mean, at this point. I think Nwosu is trending yes for me. 
Yeah, I think yes. and well, not as a starter, as, but right. but he's trending yes for me. Also, also his value is not going to be like super high. I don't see someone like breaking the bank for Jen and Losu sure. necessarily. So I mean, like you can probably have him back at a pretty reasonable rate. Um, other than that, it's like Steven Anderson. Yeah, I'd want him back on the team. Justin Jones, obviously. Uh, and then you get kind of get to Kaiser, and I, I think Kaiser has to be back because he's playing linebacker one. Uh, and yeah, then you get to like Justin Jackson. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can kind of flip around the roster and create all these, uh, possibilities, but ultimately I feel like everything's still kind of up in the air, uh, opposed as opposed to a few key players that they're probably got cut move on from like Brian Balaga and, uh, Chris Harris. Yeah. I think for me, you know, as Michael Lopez points out for me, Priority number one this offseason is give Derwin James a blank check, whatever he wants. That's cool with me. Um, you know, that's priority priority number one. And number two for me, honestly, is give Kaiser White an extension. I think he's been so good for this team. He has absolutely earned, you know, a big payday to come back. I think Daniel Popper said in his, uh, was it the live Q&A or mailbag? I can't remember. Um, one of the, the segments he did, he was projecting like four for 32 or something like that. Um, I think that seems kind of like the baseline at this point, but, uh, Kaiser bringing Kaiser right back is priority number two for me. Yeah. The, the, the biggest question really is, is Mike Williams, right? It's so difficult. It's so up and down first three games. Absolutely. Uh, after that, and really up until not even really the Eagles game, like the Browns game was some busted coverage. Even the Steelers game was some busted coverage. Like, it's tough. It's it's really tough because some of his biggest plays have been against busted coverage. So, but today it felt like a really good, like a not a busted coverage. Like he made the plays himself. So, yeah, that's a tough one. You're gonna you're gonna have to ask me in March because I really don't know right now. It, it's very hard to tell. But unless they can get him for cheap, because it's they potentially could have him for a lot cheaper. Throughout the wide receiver market potentially being a lot less expensive this off season. Um. So we'll see. It is also kind of their all-in year. Do they want to replace him and switch to somebody else in an all-in year? I don't know. I mean, it, it could make sense for this team to like, you know, sign a Cedric Wilson or, or like a, a lower tier receiver. You know, somebody, Damian Parsons, who we interact with quite a bit. Uh, mentioned Michael Gallup. Like, I think that would be a cheaper alternative than signing Mike Williams, I think Devontae Adams is a complete pipe dream. I know nobody's going to want to hear that, but I am not expecting Devontae Adams to be a charger next year at all. Um, so I, I think that there are, you know, uh, cheaper alternatives that they could do. And then maybe you draft a receiver in the second round, the third round. I'm not taking a receiver in the first round ever. Um, I know a lot of people are enthralled by Jameson Williams right now, but to me, I think it just is, is smarter spending to, you know, do a, you know, a, lo a lower tier free agent. And then you draft somebody in the second or third round to bring some speed. Maybe you bring back Jalen Guyton on a cheap deal as well. Um, but I don't know, like, it, it's just going to be interesting because yeah, I can't imagine that they're going to want to, you know, take more of Justin Herbert's support system after taking all of his support system essentially last year. So I could see them franchise tagging Mike Williams and then kind of playing that, uh, playing that move next year but i don't know it's just gonna be interesting to see yeah I, I wouldn't rule out a wide receiver in the first round but we'll know in heading up to the draft what their role like if mike williams is not on the team i'm almost positive taking a wide receiver in the first round the chargers generally 
narrow down to two positions. You can basically figure it out from there. So, yeah, I don't know. But then, you know, the Chargers were so close. I don't know how this draft class looks, but they were so close to, and I wouldn't pick these guys because I like Asante Samuel Jr. over these guys, but they were very close to Elijah Moore and Javante Williams. Those two players mm-hmm. look great. So, you know, don't need a receiver running back in the first round. Obviously not a running back, but, you know, I think they can find some later. Um, just yeah. hopefully, it's a, hopefully it's a receiver that fits the skill set that Herbert has rather yeah. than not rather than Josh Palmer, but different than Josh Palmer. Yeah. I would just say as far as running backs, like I wouldn't take one in the first round, but not everything's kind of on the table for me. Um, if Mike Williams walks. I wouldn't be outraged if they drafted a receiver in the first round. I think I'd be kind of fine with it depending on who the player is. Um, I think cornerback is, you know, sneakily becoming sure. a potential first round option Absolutely. with a lot of the guys and, and the fact that teams across the league are taking cornerbacks higher now anyway. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an option, although I don't think Sauce Gardner will drop that far, which makes me sad. Um, but uh, I don't think Sauce far, is going to be in the 20s. No, I think he's going to go before. I think he's going to be the first one after Stingley. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to go pretty high. Um yeah, no, I, as far as Mike Williams, I still kind of remain neutral on that one just because he does have these games and he also does have the Mike Williams from 2020 games where there is kind of dumb stuff and drops. Um, so I'm still kind of undecided on that one, but it, it very much depends on uh, what his market is. Yeah, I think the way things are trending for me, I'm spending money on a running back two and I'm spending money yeah. uh, at the edge rusher position, mm-hmm. maybe the receiver position. Like I said, obviously if you're bringing Mike Williams back, then that need goes down. So I think the way things are trending for me, corner and right tackle yeah. should be the first two picks. And I think you, same as last draft, you just kind of flip it. Yeah. So, and corner is an interesting one. Again, I, I do prefer trenches, but you know, with, if you look at, you know, most is pass rush, pass rush win rate. Fackrell's pass rush win rate, which is higher than than in Moses, they're up there. They're yeah. just not getting the production. So if you think that the lack of production is because you need a corner, then I'm all for it. But again, well, Chargers are currently in the playoff push, so we'll figure it out later. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll dive into the off season when it becomes that time. For now, uh, hopefully, you look at you know the the next week's game against the Giants as as a, as a big opportunity to you know, kind of create some separation. And then you have a Thursday night football game against the Chiefs. So um, Alex, final thoughts before we head out for the day. And then Tyler, after that. Do not lose to the Giants next week. Um, <laughs> I, I won't be able to handle all this flip-flopping on the podcast every week. We need we need a, a win streak for the algorithm. Um, but anyway, no, I, uh, I thought this was a really great win for the Chargers. Everyone kind of counted them out, including us. Uh, I just thought, you know, you looked at it and said, Joe Mixon on paper. You looked at Joe Burrow on paper. Obviously, Burrow, unfortunately, gets hurt in this game, um, which kind of took away from the Burrow-Herbert mystique of it. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought they played really well this game, and the defense stepped up when they needed to. Uh, when the offense was kind of floundering a little bit in the second half, they came up big uh, and, and had some key takeaways is pressured uh pressured the hell out of joe burrow uh you know especially considering what the state of the city offensive line was uh so uh i i thought they did a really good job and really credit to credit to brandon staley for kind of shifting up the looks on the defense a little uh giving cincinnati something to chew on and yeah uh, i think he's kind of one of the stars of this game in addition Mm -hmm. to kind of the studs and duds that we did 
and so yeah, no, I, they just kind of got to get uh, got to get a little bit of a win streak going. I think I'd feel much more comfortable eight and five than you know. Uh, and this was a must-win game for them too. Like I, I think that we would have talked about the Chargers falling out of the playoffs potentially entirely if they lost this game, and then you're you know like a game or two games behind the winner of tonight's Sunday night football game. Plus, you lost uh, wild card tiebreakers, so that would have been huge. So, uh, no, I, I thought that this was a really great game for the Chargers to rebound. I think they needed this one on the road, and hopefully it gives them some momentum going forward. Yeah, hoping moving forward they're less reactionary a little bit and a little more you know, preemptive with things, uh, whether that be you know not having Kelamate out there and then making him the third-string guard the next week and just letting Hymas <laughs> be that guy. Or the interior defensive line rotation. Like it worked on Sunday Night Football and they go back to Tillery and they go, oh, wait, that didn't work. Let's go back to these guys. So I wish they were kind of more ahead of it rather than behind. But it seems like they're starting to figure things out. Even Chris Rumpf now, who's like, oh, well, maybe we should have given him more Ed Rusher snaps. Granted, he wasn't really productive before that time. Sure. But he, he's getting more and in, his involvement today was big. So hopefully they do more of that. But it was a big win. I, I, the Chargers had lost today, a whole different podcast and a whole different rest of the year. And instead, Absolutely. we get to keep enjoying football. We get to be excited about this team. And for you know the rest of the year or until the next time we they play, we can say that Justin Herbert is better than Joe Burrow. I believe that coming in anyway, but it's kind of nice to be able to say my quarterback beat the other quarterback. So feels pretty good. I like where we're at right now. And yeah, they'll beat the Giants. And it's a big game against the Chiefs. Um, actually, that's not what Dan Orlovsky says. He says the tape showed that Joe Burrow. Is <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're wrong on that one. Yeah. I, but I, also, I love how everyone's like, uh, you know, if he's like, oh, I don't really like Joe Lombardi. And everyone's like, see, the NFL quarterback said that he doesn't like Joe Lombardi. It must be true. And then he says that Herbert didn't play as well as Burrow. And he's like, oh, my God, what an idiot. He watched yeah, it. Like, right. where, where are we standing on this one, guys? You know, Dan Orlovsky walked out of the end zone and he goes on first take every day <laughs> to just show his whole ass to the whole world. Like, can you stop with Dan Orlovsky? Like, I'm sick of this guy. My favorite thing too about that too is is like he says, "Oh, the tape shows differently." What tape, my guy? Because the all twenty two doesn't get released until tomorrow. Like even for the NFL, tape media, shows me know. that you're the only quarterback in NFL history who voluntarily walked out of the end zone. All right, so just get off your high horse. Stop criticizing quarterback play, and you know what? Just get off of ESPN. I'm sick of you. There we go. Well said, Alex. Um. um you know, my final thoughts here, you know, the defense really won the day for me. I thought the offense kind mm -hmm. of, obviously they bounced back and it was great to see, but this is generally the most excited I've been to watch the defensive tape. Like I, I really I cannot wait to see what they are doing on, on these blitz calls and things like that. So I'm really excited to watch the defensive tape. I was really pleased with the way that they played. Like I said, I, you know, I gave the, the studs of the day to the others. Um, and so it just was, it was a great game to see um slee 787 was at the game uh said he lost his voice so there was a lot of chargers fans there like this i feel like this was probably the best away game turnout that we've seen you know that video uh of them of justin herbert you know running around high-fiving everybody was great to see so shout out to anyone who was at that game uh but just in general i thought the defense was fantastic and I, i'm hoping that this is you know a building block performance for them you know because we've seen the defense be very up and down in terms of stopping the run in terms of making plays. Uh, and, and this was a, a, you know, four turnover game holding Joe Mixon to 2.8 yards per carry. This is about as good of a game as you could possibly draw up for the defense and no Joey Bosa, no Linvaud Joseph, no Justin Jones. So uh, it was just great to see. So 
that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be going live on Thursday to preview uh, the Giants game, and I'll be uh, posting an interview earlier than that, so stay tuned for those. As always, like the show, uh, subscribe to the channel, leave a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice, and uh, thank you guys so much for your support. We'll see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com